You're listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. Bridges is a house church movement meeting in homes all across Music City. To find a house church near you or to find other ways to support or get involved, go to bridgesnashville.com. Well, thank you for joining the Bridges Nashville podcast. Usually on Mondays, our podcast would just be airing the message from the weekend. But in January, we're doing a unique series where we're joining our parent church in Washington, D.C. for Win the Day. It's a series based off of Mark Batterson's new book about doing more and stressing less. It's a great book on really just how to overcome worry. And uh, so we're excited about being in that series on Sundays. And that opens up the door for us uh, to do something unique on our podcast. And so for this entire month, we're doing a series that I call Side Dish. So if the main meal is on Sunday, you can count these Monday podcasts as a side dish. Uh, Last week, I talked a little bit about fasting and we dove into the practice and discipline of that. And this week, as I am hanging out with my dad, who's visiting from from upstate New York, uh, we're going to be talking about how to trust, how to trust. And in 2021, trust is going to be a key point in your Christian life, as it is always, but especially in these uncertain times, we need to learn how to trust God more. And uh, and that's what today's all about. So, uh, Dad, welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you very much, son. And uh, for our listeners, you should be a familiar voice. Of course, we've preached several messages together at Bridges Nashville on Sundays. Uh, Most recently, we were uh, preaching together for the Christmas series and came out of the book of Luke. And then back in August, uh, we preached together during the They Met in Homes series as we talked about house church. And of course, uh, Bridges Nashville is now full on in this house church movement model. And so you've really been with us through a lot of steps. And uh, today, uh, for those who may not be familiar with your voice, why don't you just tell us a little bit about who you are, give us a snapshot of uh, what you're up to right now. Sure. So as Curtis said, I'm his father, and um, I got saved as a 17-year-old who had a girlfriend that uh, I got married to because she was pregnant with my son, Curtis. (laughs) (laughs) And so not the best start. And, um, but you know, um, I got saved and when I got saved, I fully committed. And so, um, that was in November of 1981 in Mm. upstate New York. And, um, and I've never looked back now. That's not to say that there hasn't been a lot of challenges because in almost 40 years there has been plenty, but, um, I wouldn't change anything. And, um, Mm. you know, life is not a straight line. Life is not um a a perfect uh, bed of roses but uh it's a lot of challenges and um and so anyhow i've lived most of my adult life in um the vocation of service of some type and um i got involved in ministry very early on mm-hmm. um mainly doing um music ministry and leading worship and so i learned to play guitar and lead and sing. And, I still have uh, your first guitar here in the studio. Yeah, Curtis. Uh, somehow 1981 in, Martin Sigma. <laughs> in, inherited my guitar before I even died. And, um, <laughs> I don't even think you knew I took it. <laughs> but that's what happens. And uh, uh, But um, yeah, and so anyhow, I pastored uh, for many years, and I'm currently pastoring up in New York State, and I'm also part of a apostolic network, and so we function in teams, and we believe that that's the, the, the scriptural model of the New Testament church is to minister in teams. And um, and so we see the apostles went out in teams, and we see the church in Antioch had many 
prophets and teachers and so on. And and so uh, I'm able to come down here and be a part of uh, what Curtis is doing, as well as visit the children, grandchildren that live down here and have things covered up home as well. And, mm. uh, so anyhow, I've helped plant three churches over the years, and this is the third one. And, um, and so... I th- I think that living a life of significance is more important than living one of fame or safety, and uh, so that's kind of where we that's kind of where we pitch our tent. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking about trust today, and I mean you you gave us a little picture of these last forty years or so following Christ, and obviously when you're following Him for multiple decades, there's multiple opportunities to uh, fail in trust and exceed in trust. And why don't you just share maybe one moment in particular where you had to trust God? It was kind of a, maybe an unknown season in your life, a, a season where you didn't really see up ahead. I think if our listeners um, are honest with themselves, this might feel like one of those seasons. I know for me in particular, it's really hard to see more than a couple weeks or even a couple months down the road. And, uh, you know, we talk a lot about vision in ministry, but yeah. trust is so key. And I don't think vision will amount to much without having trust. And so, yeah, what's what's one season in your life where you feel like you really had to lean in and trust the Lord to a greater measure? Well, there's always uh, an element of trust. I think faith apart from trust is not really faith. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, a lot of times when I hear people cast vision and they have a 12-point plan and, and, and you know, we're going to do this and do that, Usually that's a work of the flesh in my experience because um, vision, it really doesn't work quite that way most times. and At least it's never worked that way in my lifetime. You know, mm. uh, the, the scripture talks about signs and wonders follow those who believe. But if you walk and <laughs> walk this walk very long and you read the Bible and you see the characters in the Bible, it's not just signs and wonders that follow those that believe, but also trials and tests and tribulations. Persecution, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the apostles, uh, very few of them died of a ripe old age, and John was one, and uh, he was imprisoned in a, mm-hmm. in a penal colony in, uh, on, the, on the Isle of Patmos. And so, um, so yeah, uh, there's been many, many seasons. You know, obviously COVID has introduced a season where it's hard to plan, Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know, you know, who's going to show up for church because the the ball is being moved all the time, mm. um, and you know we're getting conflicting guidance, and people are a little concerned. They don't know whether to bring their kids to church, and so you know this is certainly one of those times. And uh, I would say one of the most trying times was when um, I was pastoring and went through a divorce. You know, mm-hmm. there's no way to really see my way out of things uh you know those are one of those times where um there's you don't plan for that no one first of all no one gets married uh planning for a divorce and then no one goes into the ministry planning for a divorce and and um and so you know there was there were there was no way to prep for that other than just being a person that walks by the spirit and trusts god in every in every way that you can and really trust means trusting him um in seasons of trial and difficulty where you're not getting the feedback from the Lord that you really hope for. Um, Hey, let me pause right there because that's an important point. I think so many times, I mean, especially like right now, you know, our church is in a season of fasting, 21 days prayer and fasting. We had a worship night uh, last night and, you know, in a season of fasting, you're intentionally tuning into the voice of the Lord, but you don't always hear that booming audible voice. You don't 
always sometimes even hear the still small voice during a season of fasting. It's preparing you to hear from the Lord. And I think when you just said, sometimes it takes greater trust where you feel like you're in a silent season, that's really where our faith is built. Expand on that just a little bit. Yeah, well, I I think that, um, you know, it's easy to have faith and trust when we feel like we're getting feedback from the Lord regularly Mm. and guidance from the Lord. And I don't know about you, everybody is wired differently and we all hear the voice of the Lord in a different way. For me, it's usually an inner stirring and an inner voice. Uh, I've never heard an audible voice from the Lord. Um, sometimes for me, it's a, it's a green light or a caution light or a red light. Mm -hmm. Other times for me, it's a thought that comes through your mind that, you know, didn't originate with you. Mm. And so, but there have been seasons like the one I described where I'm not getting any feedback, any, um, at least in my perception, I'm not perceiving any feedback from the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a principle that I've learned over time. And that that is that God is preparing us for something when we're faithful in the mundane. Wow. When we're faithful in the things that are not exciting, we're faithful in the seasons that are boring, we're faithful in this, you know, think about David. Mm. David was in the sheep pen or in the pasture with his father's sheep, minding his own business. He was overlooked. He was the youngest of brothers. When Samuel came looking for the next king to anoint, Every one of his brothers were paraded in front of Samuel, but David. Mm -hmm. And Samuel's like, well, none of these guys are it. Is this all you have, Jesse? And he's like, well, I have David, but you know, he's a little guy. He's out in the sheep pen. We'll bring him here. And so what was David doing? Well, David was a worshiper. He was writing psalms and songs. He was playing. He was singing. He was faithful over his father's sheep. He was protecting his father's sheep from the bear and the lion. Mm. Out of sight, out of mind, right? Mm Mm-hmm unnoticed that's where you are really proving yourself to god as the times and the seasons where it's hidden it's unnoticed mm-hmm. you know we talked earlier today over breakfast about the the uh, the leaven in the in the jar of flour in matthew 13 you know that's the way the kingdom operates you throw a little yeast in that jar of flour put the lid back on put it in the cupboard it's out of sight out of mind but what's happening over time, the, the leaven is working. The yeast is working, working, working. Pretty soon that whole jar of flour has become um, leavened. And so, mm-hmm. so, you know, trusting God in those seasons that are, that are quiet, that are silent, that are mundane, yet you're faithful. Those are the places where you really prove, I think, and where God really qualifies you for greater things. And so fasting really is more about changing our hearts. It's not about moving the hand of God. Wow. And, um, you know, I, I've been part of movements where, you know, we were looking for answers from God. And so everybody's, okay, well, let's have a five-day fast. All right, well, are we really fasting to change us or twist God's arm? Right. And I think for the most part, a lot of people feel like it's their job to fast and twist God's arm. And I don't think that's the purpose of fasting. Fasting changes us. It right. doesn't change God. Right. And that's one of the things I shared last week was that, you know, what fasting does is it opens the door of our hearts to hear because we're being more intentional. Yeah. And truth be told, we need to be intentional every day of our lives. We need to be getting into God's presence, you know, spending time in prayer, spending time in the word, spending time with the Holy Spirit every single day. And so, 
you know, there's a science that says it takes 21 days to form a habit. And I know mm-hmm. that's been debated by different experts and whatnot, but my hope and my prayer with a season of fasting, especially as you kick off a new year, is that it would create a rhythm of seeking the Lord that would carry on throughout the rest of this year and throughout the rest of our lives. You know, you were talking about the idea of trusting and faith when you can't really hear or see what's up ahead. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's the principle of seed time and harvest. You see it all throughout the scripture. You know, you think about a, a farmer, you're not guaranteed this crop or this harvest, but no. all you can do is plant the seed. I, yeah. I love this uh, phrase that's repeated often in, in Win the Day, um, the, the new book from Mark. And uh, he talks often about, you can't control the outcomes, but you can control the inputs. Exactly. And so I think that's so key when it comes it to trusting in God, because I can't tell you, you know, where I'm going to be five years from now. I can't tell you what the church will look like one year from now. But what I can tell you is that today when I woke up, I said, God, give me guidance, give me direction for today. You know, living in these daytight compartments and, and not getting ahead of yourself. You know, Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. It's got enough worries, right. for, but seek first the kingdom and my righteousness and yeah, all these all things the will be added. Add-ons. Yeah. And I think what happens a lot of times is, is we trust, but we have an expectation of what that's going to look like mm-hmm. as far as the outcome. Mm-hmm. And so when the outcome doesn't meet our expectations, then we're disappointed in God. And really we set ourselves up for disappointment because we thought we knew how God ought to operate and act or respond <laughs> in a certain circumstance. And you know, and that's the, the definition of boxing God in. Well, yeah. And you know, I mean, Jesus in the gospels talked, you know, he had, we had the example where, you know, the children were coming to him and the disciples were annoyed and shooing away the children. And Jesus was like, what are you doing? Let the children come. As a matter of fact, unless you all become like little children, uh, you, you know, you're missing the point. And so there's a lot of father and son, um, child of God language, mm. vernacular in the gospels. And, talk about childlike faith in the gospels and what does that mean when you when your daughter or son wakes up in the morning they don't wonder is daddy going to provide for us they don't wonder is daddy going to house us and feed us is daddy going to go to work today no they they that's all a granted and so you know Hmm. in some ways uh, we get all wound up and twisted around worrying about stuff that we don't first of all we may not even have any control over Right. And faith apart from trust in that childlike manner without knowing the outcomes and not without knowing um, everything in the, in the advance, uh, that's a faith apart from that trust really is, is uh, it's very superficial. Hmm. I think it's so interesting that you just made the analogy because it is all throughout the scripture, the father and the children, and we're called the children of God. And so often we forget that, God is not worried about this situation. He's not sweating. God sees, God exists outside of time and space mm-hmm. because he created those things. That's right. And so I think the easiest uh, picture that we can get in our head is like, if I create a world of Legos, I'm not bound by the constraints of that world because I created it. Right. And so God created our world. He created time and space. And so he exists outside of that. And what that means is that he sees the end before we even approach the beginning. Right. And if we wake up every morning knowing that God has this thing, God's got us, he's got our purpose. God wants us to arrive at our destination more than we do. It's just up to us to... Take those steps of faith, step by step. It's a walk. We call this the Christian walk. Yeah. And what does a walk look like? It's a journey that's right. one step at a time. It's not always a run. It's not always a run. <laughs> and most often, God does his work 
Yeah. And the, like you said, the mundane, the mundane in the walk. That's where he's proving us. Yeah. Mm. What's a scripture that when it comes to trusting, I mean, you just shared about Jesus with the children. And unless we become like child a child, like, we yeah. can't have that faith that he requires and the mm. faith that really w- is what brings the kingdom here on earth. What's another verse? I know I'll share real quick as you're thinking through that. Um, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I've got this tattoo of a lighthouse on my arm and it's got proverbs three five and six on it and the image of a lighthouse you know when people are in a storm <clears throat> and they can't see the choppy waters they don't see maybe the dangers up ahead but they see the lighthouse in the distance and so they're traveling towards that and to me that's trust when you can't see what's right ahead but you know that god is good and that he's got you he's got your steps you know the footsteps of a righteous person are ordered by the lord psalm 37 and so i think for me proverbs 3 5 and 6 now here's the key with proverbs 3 5 and 6 it says trust in the lord with all of your heart mm-hmm. and lean not on your own understanding, yeah. but in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. I think we're we're good at trusting the Lord half-heartedly. Like, and we're we're good at leaning on our own understanding while saying that we trust in the Lord. Because even, yeah. even now, there are so many people that are like coming up with game plans. Like, right. come, well, we, you know, we gotta come up with A, B, and C Play, if this yeah, doesn't work a, out. Plan A, plan B, plan C. And and look, this is not to say operate with foolish faith. I mean, we need to have wisdom. Right. And you know, what is it, Saint Augustine? Do uh, you know? Pray like it depends on God. Work like it depends on you. And I think that's the key, right? It's it's doing what you can, like we said earlier, controlling the inputs, but trusting God with the outcomes. Yeah, um, yeah. I think uh, ultimately. Um, not setting yourself up for failure with creating in your mind how God ought to respond or how th- something ought to turn out all the time is a key. Um, I like Philippians 4, uh, 6 says, Don't be anxious about anything, mm. but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. God wants to know our heart. Mm-hmm. He's interested in our desires. But ultimately, just like I'm a parent of children, uh, I have their best intentions and best outcomes in mind, whether they know it or not. Mm-hmm. And so as a parent or a pastor, there's times even when somebody wants to do something, like let's say a couple comes to you and they're gaga in love and they want to get married, but you know, good and well, they are way, way far apart from being in a position to be married. Mm-hmm. T- they've, they, they've got a lot of maturing that needs to happen. Um, and you say, yeah, that's really a bad idea. I don't think that should happen right now. You know, I think we can set up a time in the future. You know, so so they don't get the response they want. Right. Similarly, our children don't get the response. Well, you know, I mean, we have no motive to harm them with, right. with giving them that response, right. but they don't see that. Similarly, it's just like for most of us, you know, uh, we, we would think, oh, man, if I had millions of dollars, I'd be set. It would be awesome. Well, Depends on how well you handled a thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars. Most folks, they find out that they win the lottery and they go into just terrible ruin mm-hmm. because they weren't ready for it. And so I think God withholds things from us that are harmful. Mm-hmm. He knows it will be destructive. And I think as parents, we do the same thing. Uh, but when God does that with us, we're we're a little bit chapped about it. <laughs> 
And um, and so, and especially as pastors, I think it's our yeah. job. You know, uh, I got this phrase from Mark, and I'm quoting him a lot. But he said, you know, as a pastor, it's my job to afflict the comfortable and comfort the afflicted. Yeah. And I think you know, as a pastor, if I'm having a conversation with somebody who's asking for advice in a season of their life, I'm just going to give it based on the word of the Lord, based on my prayer time and based on my own experience. And I'm not going to say that this is what you have to do, but so often I say those things, um, you know, with a heart of just like really a father's heart and, 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 when it's received in a way where that's not what I wanted to hear. So I'm going to go to another church or I'm going to go and listen to somebody else's advice. And if we only seek the advice that internally we have it like like how are we growing how are we being stretched most importantly in this conversation how is that even building trust we're leaning on our own understanding at that point right and you know some of the you know sometimes it pays to listen to your enemies because they're the only ones that'll be honest with you (laughs) you know i mean if we're just going to go around and get counsel from people and reject that which we don't like and keep getting counsel until we get the counsel that we want or that agrees with us, then we're really just, we're, it's it, that's a shell game. That's just a sham. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, some of the some of the hardest things I've ever had to hear were some of the best things that had the best outcomes mm-hmm. when I honored God, honored those in leadership over me by um, following that direction. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, even this morning, you know, one of the things that I love to do on the side is create instrumentals and, uh, you know, I have a lot of, uh, I guess, stokes in the fire with with music stuff. And I, I was talking to a producer that I know who's kind of five steps ahead of me where I'd like to be. And I said, look, man, you've got full permission. When I send you songs, call out what needs to be better. Tell me how I can improve. Because if the only thing I hear is, oh, man, this is a great track and I never get anything placed, what good is that doing? Right, me? right. But if I can trust somebody to have, you know, my best interest at heart and there's nothing in it for this person to say things that right. are just going to tear me down. No, they, they, that's not a win for them. Mm. And same thing, you know, I mean, how many people hate their coach and quit sports right. because their coach is requiring something of them that no one else has ever required? Wow. And so, you know, that's I tell our, our congregation a lot. is like, if you want to raise average kids, just do what everyone else is doing. But I didn't want to raise average kids. And so I required more of them than other people did mm. of their children. And so... With that, I got a lot of blowback. You know, well, every, all the other kids are doing it. Well, everyone else's parents are doing, you know, letting them do it. Well, I don't want you to be like everyone else. Right. And and so if I just want to raise average kids, sure, we'll go along with the crowd. But mm-hmm. if I want to raise above average kids or have an above average business or have an above average church, we can't just follow the crowd. Right. That's so good. Well, man, I hope uh, anybody listening has gotten a lot of Uh, just practical, but also spiritual counsel uh, during this podcast as we've talked about how to trust in God. Uh, Big things here that I'm getting is that uh, you know everything in the in the kingdom is childlike faith. It's seed time and harvest. Yeah. It's you can control the inputs, but God controls the outcomes, and it's trusting in the Lord with all your heart. Anything else you want to leave our listeners with today? No, just just be patient. You know, yeah. Imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises of God. That's, I think, out of Hebrews. But, um, you know, we have to be patient and mm. just wait for the right outcome. Don't move out of season because a lot of times when you do that, you just you just prepare yourself to take a, another lap because you just, you just bought yourself more time. So good. So good. 
Thanks for listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. To stay up to date on everything going on at Bridges, you can find us online at facebook.com slash Bridges Nashville or at Bridges Nashville on Instagram.